Hi, I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the internet. Oh my god. See, last episode it was Jake. Now it's who? Who is this? I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the internet. Well, I'm Rachel, and I'm on the podcast. That's it. That's my joke. It's just an iconic quote from an iconic franchise. Mass I feel like that's such a good impression, not in terms of tone, but in terms of like, what's it called? Like dialect? Is that the term I'm looking for? Perhaps. What do you mean? Like in terms of like, I don't know. You just sound like a video game character. Oh. Like you sound like Jennifer Hale. I wasn't actually really trying. I was my, but I, like you that was did. just my voice. <laughs> no, but like the way you presented it was excellent. Well, I mean, I've of course heard that iconic line many times, so... In what? Oh, wait. Who are we? I'm Commander Shepard. Okay. You're Angelo Shepard. Oh, don't start. Too early. <laughs> Too I'm early Whitney. in the episode. And I'm Gabe, mm-hmm. and this is Board Seed on Twitter. <laughs> That's Rachel. I'm he, she... This is I'm... a mess. Oh. What? Yeah, well, this is the special Mass Effect episode, so I am responsible for making sure we can get through this together, because we're just going to talk about, well, me and Whitney specifically, because we did this, we played the trilogy, I played the trilogy back in the day when it came out in like 2007, well, I don't think I played it until like 2011, Um, basically I was there when 3 came out. Um, and then I just got Whitney to play the trilogy, I guess, over the past year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then, so she finished the she finished them re- recently on the PlayStation Three. It was a grand experience. Yeah, but that, that was yeah. like the longest video game journey you've ever embarked on. It's true. It's how many yeah. hours? Um, well, if we're talking in terms of hours. It's not the most hours I've spent on a video game. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> because I'm over a thousand on The Sims 4. I was Whoa. 600 on Animal Crossing's New Horizon. And I don't even know what I was on Stardew Valley, but I broke my ankle and was out of work for like a month and a half and played that for literally 12 hours a day. So yeah, Whoa. we're pretty would... obsessed. But, but so... those are games that don't really have an end. So you could just play them forever. Mass Effect, obviously has an end (laughs) yeah and we'll talk about that end (laughs) because that is a major talking point when it comes to this game um but since rachel is here um she didn't play the trilogy i don't think she really knows what is do you know what it is not even a little bit you know it's a video game that is what i know okay all right so the first thing we do is what we are into this week um i'm not gonna go first rachel you go first Oh, mine is kind of like not media, but a thing to drink. Is it Hennessy? Kombucha. Are you? Oh my god! I'm kind of been craving kombucha real bad. Well, the crazy part is that I didn't make it myself, but I made it myself because my boyfriend has a soda stream, so you can get the kombucha concentrate of which you add to your soda streamed water. And that's what I've been into. And I can't stop myself. It's a constant 
in my life. I really, really, I cannot express how much I want to try that because that sounds so good. Like I've been dying for kombucha for the last several days because I guess I'm Caucasian this week, but I really want to taste that weird beer tasting fermented strawberry passion fruit raspberry lemonade fizz. That is what I'm into. That is the flavor I just bought today. What, What was it? It was like passion fruit. Oh my God. That's like, oh, I have no good beverages in my apartment. I have a crystal light box of that sounds like various American instant drinks that Whitney got me. Love it. Like there's instant A&W root beer in there, in fact. And you know what it is? It is powder that gives you flat A&W root beer. That sounds horrible. In the soda stream, you can make it not flat. I... <laughs> Well, I don't know if that was intended to be used with the soda stream, but because I just had a, a loose pack of it hanging around and I was like, oh, I wonder if this is carbonated powder somehow. And I drank like one sip and then waited like a minute. And I was like, uh, I guess this is better than water. Right. Hmm. And then after the second sip, I was like, I'm sorry, I can't. And I just dumped it down the drain. I could not have the rest. Yeah, It was not good. I just want to say that, okay, we're recording this right now at 1 a.m., and there is, like, what sounds like a gaggle of children screaming outside my apartment building right now, like, manically laughing, and I can't see anyone because there's, like, an awning in the way, but, like, it's really loud, and I'm concerned. Whoa. Hmm. Well, I mean, they're not coming through your microphone at all, so that's good. (laughs) So we could ignore them in peace. Yeah. That's good, but I hope they're fine. I'm sure they're <laughs> laughing and cheering and having a really good time. Mm-hmm. It's also, oh no, it's Saturday night. Never mind. Anyway, um, well, Rachel is into her, her fruity vinegar water. Mm. In my boot. <laughs> um, what am I into? Oh, I just finished rewatching a favorite movie that I haven't seen in like 10 years. And that is Legally Blonde. Oh, I love that movie. Oh my God, it is so incredibly good. And it's also so infuriating because the whole like premise of the movie is like, I'm sure everyone knows what Legally Blonde is with Reese Witherspoon. I haven't Um, seen it. Okay, well you need to because it is a staple. (laughs) I saw a high school performance of it though. And it was pretty good. Oh my gosh. Was it the musical? Yeah. Is that what this movie is? No, it's not a musical. It's not a musical. No, but no. they made a musical. Okay, well, the musical is was is now canon to me, so... <laughs> oh, this is not a musical at all. Oh. Um, okay, so the whole thing is that Reese Witherspoon's character, Elle Woods, her boyfriend breaks up with her because he doesn't think that she's serious enough because he's going to Harvard Law and all of his brothers are, like, marrying, like, rich, successful women and Elle Woods is, like, head of her sorority and she is in fashion school and he thinks that she's just too like girly and childish. So to win him back, she decides to go to Harvard law and everyone is shocked, absolutely floored that she gets into Harvard law school, but she literally has a 4.0 GPA at her four year college, which is like a well, it is a fashion college, but it's a well-known fashion college. It's still college. Um, and she gets a really good score on her LSATs. And everyone's like, how the hell did you get in? Like, you wear pink. You are blonde. How the hell did you get into Harvard Law School? And she's literally so incredibly smart. Liter- like, gets someone out of jail 
because she knew about hair perms and it's like just such a <laughs> badass movie. It's so good, but like so annoying because everyone's like, you're dumb when clearly she isn't because she has a 4.0 GPA. Like you don't just get that. That's hard. <laughs> yeah. And she also like had like a whole bunch of businesses, but everyone like makes fun of these businesses because she did like, she made like an underwear line for like a charity event and everyone's like, oh, but it's like an underwear line. But like, no, she created a whole ass business. Who cares that it's underwear? Anyway, that's my Legally Blonde rant. It is a 10 out of 10 movie. Gabe, you need to watch it really soon. Okay, I will. It's so good. It is so good. That's my mother's favorite movie to date. Oh, it's amazing. I don't know that I've ever seen the sequels. Oh, it's just as good. Oh, well, I'm going to be watching those real soon. Anyway, Gabe, what are you into? So I'm into, uh, I'm going to talk, well, I don't know if I want to say necessarily into, because it's just, I was interested. I'll say that. And um, I found out about CBC Gem, and I guess I should have a long time ago. Because it was brought up to me from Whitney, I think. And I didn't remember. So I found it again. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is free. So I can watch like every show on CBC. Because I'm Canadian. And I guess we have the right to watch CBC for free. On demand. With advertisements. But they're short. And you can watch every show. Like they've got like so much of their shit archived on there. It's amazing. Um... Maybe not so amazing is the show I decided to watch on CBC Gem. Oh no, what did you watch? I I started this new show because it sounded really like my kind of thing, but it's a guilty pleasure kind of thing. Um, It is a show called Pretty Hard Cases, and it's a Canadian police drama um, television series that just started, and it stars... Um, Meredith McNeil, who is mostly known from the Baroness Von Sketch show, which I haven't seen, um, and Adrienne Seymour, and she is well known for her uh, role as uh, Cindy Hayes in Orange is the New Black. Um, And they are the main characters, and they're basically two detectives that do crime investigations together as two women in their early 40s with kids. Sounds like my kind of thing, because it's going to be funny, right? Well, mm-hmm. um, it's it's being aired one episode at a time uh, per week, so we're not that far in. Um, I think we're, there's only four episodes out now. <laughs> and um, it's totally confused, and it goes from being some eye-rolling police copaganda to actually an interesting commentary while sometimes missing the mark. I do think we might be better off without this show existing (laughs) Uh, because it like some of the attempts at humor are like kind of cringe and are going to be horribly dated later on. Like uh, in the first episode, one of the main characters gets called a Karen by the other main character. 40-year-old people don't call each other Karen. Like <laughs> this is this is like trying to appeal to young people a little too hard. Um but it's kind of interesting. It's filmed like on location in Toronto and it tries to be American real bad sometimes, but like it's openly Canada because they 
put the locations there. So I guess that's it. But some of it just seems like it's copying. Well, I don't I don't live in Toronto, so I don't know. <laughs> but like, I don't believe this is how it goes down. It doesn't seem like it's it's trying too many things at once. It's try it can't be realistic and silly at the same time. It can't be like the heat starring Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy while also being like <clears throat> I don't know um a serious true crime movie or something, you know? <laughs> um but the interesting fact that I found out about it right before we started recording when I brought up the Wikipedia article is what the show was originally announced to be called, and I hate it so much. Oh no! I can't believe this show was supposed to. This is twenty twenty one show, and they were about to call this show "Lady Dicks." It was. I'm speechless. Originally announced with the working title "Lady Dicks," and now it's Why? called "Pretty Hard Cases." Like, I don't know. Because that doesn't even seem like it makes sense, like in any way. Like lady dicks. I'm I'm gonna throw I hate up. That so much. I can't. Like that makes me. Like if that's what this was called, officially, and the show was doing what it's doing, I feel like it would be. It's just a crime. <laughs> like it would be a straight up crime. Like I don't want to say the show's good. Like maybe it'll redeem itself. It's just kind of like. Um, like the cast is what got me interested in it. Um, and I wanted to give a CBC show a try. So here we are and I'm engaged enough to kind of put it on as like a, some, something to watch <laughs> as like some garbage to watch in the background. But I don't know. Garbage is a little mean. If you're looking for a CBC show, may I recommend Shit's Creek? <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, I'm obviously going to get onto that way before the show and stops airing. So don't worry about that. I still have Shit's Creek on my radar. Good, because I want everyone to watch it. Yeah. So but. that's kind of what I wanted to bring up. <laughs> that's I what that's I got. The, I think that's the first time that something was discussed that you weren't into <laughs> oh that's not true the first episode i roasted um away on netflix hillary swank uh, and was that what you were into though or was that just like that was what i was episode? into but i asked you if i could talk shit instead and you said yes oh i remember i remember well and uh, this was one of those times when i had to do it again yes i understand the <laughs> <laughs> That's really disappointing. Um, because the show sounds like it could have potential. It could, and maybe it will. Because, like, I, w I can't say it's not entertaining, but, like, sometimes for the wrong reason. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's almost offensive. <laughs> so, I guess the, fr the, the first scene is, like, chasing down a person of color with drugs. Oh, lovely. But then it turns out that person of color is actually the other main character disguised. So what do we think about that? I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I have no comment. Yeah. Like, I don't, not so great. I don't know. <laughs> um, 
so we're going to talk about Mass Effect as we intended. I'm so excited. So, um, so here's here's the thing. So Rachel only knows the Mass Effect is a video game. Yeah. So I'm just going to give you a rundown, and I think this will give you a crystal clear picture of all of this if you pay attention, because I thought long and hard about it. Okay. Um, so in the Mass Effect universe, we're talking about like 2,185, I believe. That is the year. This is based on the real world as a future science fiction. Humans, what are we doing? We are new to the council alien races. They found, um, humans found a mass relay, which is an ancient structure floating in space to enable faster than life travel through some ruins on Mars, um, which caused humans to make first contact with the Turian race who were initially hostile and were at war with one another for three months. So that's what humans were doing. Um, and then there's the Asari, who are native to the planet Thessia. They are monogender, and they are blue alien ladies with slicked back hair tentacles who possess superior biotic abilities um, and were the first to discover the Citadel, which is an ancient floating city spaceship that homes the Council, who oversee Council space at the heart of galactic society in the Milky Way. Um, then we got the Turians, and they are the third race to join the Citadel Council. They've got interesting exoskeleton faces that resemble a cat or a bird, which is actually often used as a racial slur by humans against them in this world. Um, they earned their spot by defeating the hostile Krogan, which we'll get to, um, by, de by deploying something called the Genophage on their home planet, which sterilized the entire race of Krogan. Uh, sending their civilization into decline and ruin. Um, we got the Salarians, another race. They were the second species to join the council. They resemble amphibians with large toad-like eyes and nimble bodies, and they also possess superior analytical skills. Um, they actually provided the Turians with the Genophage to attempt to wipe out the Krogan, um, who are like large toad-like also in appearance, um, but in a different way. They're known for their strength and aggression, but have many rights and traditions of their own, as well as a few notable Krogan characters who contributed to science. However, due to many factors, including the events mentioned, they are not part of the council races. So these are the main races in Mass Effect. Uh, there's a couple more, but these are the most prominent ones that I think would matter the most. So the, the premise of the game is you play as Commander Shepard. You can pick male or female character options. Uh, for the sake of this conversation, we'll likely be referring to Shepard as a she because we both picked that, um, that end of the binaries provided, mostly due to Jennifer Hale's incredible voiceover performance as the character. Um, Commander Shepard was born April 11th, 2154, which would make her just over 30 years old when the game begins. Um, prior to the first game's events, it is established that she is a graduate of the System Alliance N7 Special Forces program, as well as an established war hero, which can vary depending on a few personal choices you can make during the beginning of the game, who later becomes the first human to join the Spectres, which is an elite special task force who work for the Citadel Council to defend and space 
The plot of the first game follows Commander Shepard and a band of misfits that she picks up along the way as they pursue the rogue Turian Spectre named Saren. Um, they follow him through space and he's given off sus vibes and totally seems like he wants to bring back an ancient alien race uh, to wipe out all of life in the galaxy. And alas, this is only the first game. Um, and we learn that Saren was indoct- indoctrinated by the Reapers, who are a massive cockroach-inspired spaceship people that have angry lasers and lots of philosophical bullshit to spout to any organism that will listen. So that is Mass Effect. How do you feel about Whoa. that? That is a lot, but it sounds like it would be super fun. Yeah. So I just feel like th- that will provide a lot of context for like anything we talk about. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a super in-depth sci-fi world. It's amazing. Um, can I mention something a little off topic? Okay, sure. <laughs> okay, I didn't know Commander Shepard's birthday, but oh, being... I just, it's on Wikipedia, or not Wikipedia, it was on the Mass Effect wiki. <laughs> being the bitch that I am, my immediate thought was that she's an Aries and that is so incredibly fitting. Like, oh, did think they think so? about that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So for reference, I just pulled up a little page. So Aries traits, strength, courageous, determined, confident, enthusiastic, optimistic, honest, passionate. That's Shepard, right? Yeah. Are- Weaknesses. Impatient, oh. moody, short-tempered, impulsive, aggressive. And then Aries likes comfortable clothes, taking on leadership roles, physical challenges, individual sports, and Aries dislikes inactivity, delays, and then work that does not use one's talents. Oh my like, goodness. Maybe you're right. It, yeah, isn't that Shepherd to a T? Like I just And the thing is I is feel like, like that was planned. <laughs> like Shepherd is you get I guess I didn't mention this, but when you play Commander Shepherd, you obviously get to you get to choose what she says in dialogue, but there's still a character in there behind that. So you can choose how she reacts to a given situation or a conversation with somebody, whether she's rude or polite, but it it all, it all comes down to, I guess this Aries astrological sign. Cause that alone sounds like enough guidelines to write a character, (laughs) even if they have multiple dialogue options. A hundred percent. And I, I just feel like that lined up too perfectly for it to be an accident because that is like the base of her character. And like the choices you make are always still going to like match up with that like skeleton of her character. Like it's just well thought out. I just had to point that out. She is an Aries and I love it. I I have a feeling someone (laughs) on the team at Bioware, they definitely knew that like because I, I mean i follow a bunch of the ex-employees and the current employees on bioware on twitter and i t- totally believe they knew that shit going in <laughs> i want that to be my job of just like making sure like the zodiac signs line up to the character's personality <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't anyway. know if there's birthdays on anyone else i didn't check but i guess you can go check after I will. I just think astrology is fun. There could be more birthdays. I I mean, they were born on other planets, so I don't even know how you would calculate that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. So maybe that wouldn't work. That's why we can't actually meet aliens that are like civilized and stuff, because how do you 
calendar? How do you time? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just found an article that's called Every Character in Mass Effect and Their Age, Birthday, and Zodiac Sign. <laughs> okay, let's not make the episode this. I won't, but like, I'm going to do some interesting reading after this. And uh, yeah, and definitely tell me how they figure out the the Earth version. <laughs> because that's that's interesting. Um, so in Mass Effect, you get to pick your combat class at the beginning of the game. And that's what you get to play as. You can change it in between games when you get the chance to customize your character again. Because uh, you get to import Shepard from Mass Effect 1 to 2 to 3. And the choices carry over. Um so I was I just chose soldier because I thought the game would be hard if I had to concentrate on other things and abilities. I mean, I was playing this game pretty young, so I was like, it'll be less complicated if I just shoot guns. Right. And I don't know. It was fine. That was but yeah. I, I'm, I'm just I'm going to talk about the first playthrough that I did way back in the day because I can still, I think, mostly remember what I chose. Mm hmm. I chose Vanguard, and I'm not entirely sure what that entails. I think that just, did that mean that I was a combination of soldier and then, like, um, I also had powers? I, oh, yeah, because the way that they worked is, like, there was, there was always, like, a hybrid version that would mix two together, and then there would be, like, a pure one, like, soldier was, like, pure guns, so... I think Vanguard was a mixture of like the biotic abilities and possibly a soldier. Pretty sure that's what it was because like I think I wanted best of both worlds, but because you had like remember you had like charge like the kablooms and the things. Yeah, Gabe so, would always yell at me to use my powers, and I didn't like using them because it was too hard. But but then but the thing is, is in Mass Effect Three, you decided to play as an engineer, and suddenly you're using all the powers. Yeah, I feel like it took two full games for me to finally feel comfortable using my powers. Well, yeah, I guess it, like in Mass Effect 3, I mean, the combat, they really made it better in combat, like combat wise. Like I, some people might not agree, but I, I think that it was a really like a smooth experience in comparison to the first two where it was kind of like cover was ambiguous and confusing. And um, I don't know, the guns controlled oddly. There were glitches, <laughs> but, aspect, yeah. but let's say Mass Effect 3 totally had a bunch of glitches of its own. Don't get me wrong. Anyway, um, so that's like that's what we went in as. Um, so there comes a part in the game, um, a beloved character known as Rex. He's a Krogan. He um, is very he, he has respect for Shepard, but he does kind of operate on his own agenda at the same time. So there is a moment on Vermeer um, at a key point in the game where he's getting a little angry and you have the choice to uh, either if he doesn't agree with you, you get to kill him or you can have your friend Ashley shoot him with a shotgun because she racist on the DL. She is. Oh, she is racist. And we're going to get we're going to get to more about Ashley in the next question. But oh, man. So. I had nothing against Rex, so I don't even rem I don't think I even knew I had the option to kill him. I thought 
I had to agree with him, I think. So I think I was just polite, calmed him down, and he was like, all right, cool. And then um, we went on. But for my second playthrough, I believe Ashley totally killed him. I I think that almost was out of my control. I kind of forget how it plays out, but I think I just let her let her at him. I I did have Rex. I did not kill him. I don't think I realized that I could have killed him because I think when we were playing, Gabe was like, "Oh, be careful with the choice you make here." But oh yeah, I I, tr- but, I try not to spoil. <laughs> yeah, you try not to spoil, but you like give me a little hint when things are going to be important, which I appreciated. Um, but I didn't kill him. I didn't really like Rex. Still don't really like Rex, but I'm glad I didn't kill him because he comes back later in the series and it was a little bit of nostalgia. Yeah, like there is like a really passionate following for Rex, but I sometimes I just don't get it because I feel like he doesn't get he didn't just didn't get enough in Mass Effect. 1. Yeah, I didn't like him because I thought he was very like reluctantly loyal. And I was like, no, you have to be, you have to lay down your life for me when I snap my fingers. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Cause then the next, the next two, uh, colleagues of yours here, Ashley, who you met on the first planet you visit in the game. She, uh, is, she's a fellow human and she doesn't really like aliens and she loves the Bible and poetry. Um, and then we got Caden, who is just a guy. And these two are your two options to stay on Vermeer and detonate a bomb that will most certainly kill them, as well as all of the enemies in their surroundings. But that's pretty much what they got to resort to in this operation. So um, yeah, I don't the game doesn't really make it 100 percent clear to you, even though it really tries to hint it um, that by choosing one of them to stay behind, they are going to die. And the game makes a really big deal out of it. So I I chose Caden the first time, and he stayed and died in the explosion. So then Ashley, the slightly racist poet, is was the one to journey with me. And I Whitney, you did the same thing? <laughs> I did, and I don't think I fully realized i think gabe did like his little subtle thing where he warned me but i remember this vividly because i was on a mission to go save ashley right and then we were like there like you like had to walk through like a door to save her and then caden gets on and he's like there's an issue come back but i was like i came all this way ashley's right here let me just get her so i did that and then caden died Wow. Am I remembering this correctly? That I think that sounds right. I haven't seen the scene okay. since then, but um Okay. And then I didn't like Ashley from the start. I thought she was annoying. And then I had to live with her for the rest of the trilogy and it was very sad and I regretted it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I also did regret it. I mean, she got less racist. Like I think they kind of cut that out almost completely. Like because in Mass Effect 2 and 3, I don't think like a lot of her past is not really mentioned but in mass effect one i don't think you really ended up doing it but like if you talk to her a bunch in the normandy in between missions she has a lot to say um about her like i'm pretty sure her dad and like god and 
poetry. Like she just has so oh my God. she goes on and like to an obnoxious degree. And maybe that makes me wonder too, like maybe there's more screen time for Rex if you talk to him on the Normandy more often. Oh, I just I kind of just like ignored the characters that I didn't really like, which I I probably missed out on some backstory, but like I did not want to waste time talking to Ashley yeah, or like, Rex. I would I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but if you if you're curious, it's there. Um and on that on the same note, like I have an interesting fact I found is somebody found a voice clip that was unused, but it's in the game's files of Ashley and Caden together after the Vermeyer mission, speaking to each other in the debriefing, saying to one another, wow, we can't believe you pulled that off, Shepard. You saved both of us or something along those lines. What? Yeah. There's a recorded voice a- voice line of them acknowledging that they, Shepard saved them both. Oh, my gosh. So I'm wondering if the, like people are like, I guess, was that a plan? Maybe you had to do something extra or like really difficult to save them both. Because that would I could I could see that happening. But of course, it would have been like a huge budget thing to like have a whole yeah. third scenario where both of them are around because that would require the store the way the story goes and like especially mass effect 3 to have both of them instead of just one that would make things a little messier i think so i think i've already asked you this but i kind of forget um if you just start like saying like at mass effect 2 or mass effect 3 and you didn't you didn't go through that who do you get is it ashley or caden oh like if you just start f- from mass effect 2 yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure you get Ashley. I'm pretty sure. Oh. Well, in next f- playthrough, I will pick Caden. <laughs> in fact, oh, no, I actually don't know 100%, but I was just about to say, like, maybe default romance or past male shepherd is Ashley. I hope not. <laughs> I hope it's Liara. Because, <laughs> you know, because, you know, like, it gives you a save like a like when you press new game and just mass effect 2 it'll give you like a scenario for mass effect 1 so it makes those choices for you and i'm pretty sure it chooses for you that you romanced ashley in mass effect 1 (laughs) and then if you're female shepherd it it does it does pick liara i'm pretty sure like gay canon question mark wait who's the male is it are the only options like Caden, Ashley, and Liara for Mass Effect 1? Yeah. Boring. Yeah, pretty boring. But I guess that goes into who did we romance. It's true. So I romanced Liara. So did I, because that was my only option. Yeah, because he had to. <laughs> I had to. Because you weren't interested in Caden in slash Jeremy and Kyle. But he already died. What? Right? Oh. oh yes yeah because i didn't you, have him yeah you didn't get to flirt with him first right because he was dead yeah. <laughs> i did give them i did give them white people names so i he yeah. was jeremy yeah the first <laughs> the first two characters beyond anderson that i think you are that you meet when you start mass effect one is joker and caden which <laughs> is kyle joker. which you remembered by calling them kyle and jeremy Yes. Yep. 
I, I think they were interchangeable. I think they were both Kyle and Jeremy. Oh, well, I, I just remembered them by you mismatching the first letters of their names. Oh, yes, that's true. I love Joker. Oh, my God. I wish he was a romance option so badly. Yeah. And then the games paired him up with which Evie. I love. I do love. That was pure. That was good. Yeah. But we will get there. Like it's. Yeah. It seemed yeah. like a weird choice, but it was good. Um, no, I loved it. I'm in full support of that. It was cute. So Mass Effect 2 begins after we defeat Saren and find out that our job is certainly not over yet. Uh, Mass Effect 2 immediately shocks you with the destruction of your beloved ship, the Normandy, that you've been using for the whole game. Um, And a big old mysterious spacecraft with a laser blows you up and Shepard dies at the beginning. And then she's brought back to life by a group that she learns is called Cerberus and she wakes up in their lab um, and meets some people and this is where the game begins. So Are you still with us, Rachel? I am following. Okay. But it is a lot to absorb. <laughs> it is a lot. <laughs> yeah, so it like so she good, she all okay, even though she dies, she okay. But some time has passed, it's been like two years, and they spent, this organization called Cerberus spent so much time and money reconstructing Shepard and bringing her back to life. Um, And later, of course, we learn the conspiracy. Um, But the game introduces us to Cerberus and two key characters that we get to spend a lot of time with in this new one, Miranda the one and only Ivan Strahovski appears with uh, Strahovski. Yeah, and or, yeah, her and Jacob shows up, and he he kind of nice. He seems he seems nice, and then you get to chat with their boss, the elusive man, who then explains why you've been resurrected and that you have to stop these random abductions that are happening throughout. The galaxy where the big old mysterious spaceship that blew up your Normandy seems to be making some appearances kidnapping humans. So Cerberus, being a pro-human organization, is like, let's use Shepard, who saved the galaxy once, to save humans for us. I be- and, and just believing that she will consent to wanting to do that when she becomes conscious once again. So that's kind of their gamble. And you're trapped in this situation with Miranda and Jacob. And you just got to roll with it. Yeah, I just have to say that if I died and then I was brought back to life by a company who forced me to work for them, I would be so mad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let me rest. (laughs) Like Shepard did enough in the first game. Yeah, she like paid her dues. It was time for her to rest in peace. Like as I said, she was already like a renowned veteran at the beginning yeah. of the first game and then proceeded she lived her life to do a lot more. Um and Miranda just fucking hates you right away, right off the bat and is just It's hostile. mutual bitch. And you get to ask her, "Do you have a problem? <laughs> do we have a problem?" And she's like, "Not particularly." That was British. That wasn't right. Um, and 
I don't know. Jacob was is kind of hot, I guess. Oh, Jacob's so hot. Yeah. Rachel, you would love Jacob. Yeah, I think so. He's hot. What does he look like? Um, He's a big, bulky black man. <laughs> yeah, I would. And he's he's like the hottest guy in the game. It's true. And they, they like really lean into it and they make jokes yeah. about how many like push ups and crunches he makes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he makes that he does per day. <laughs> that's what I meant to say. Um, so, you know, that's your first crew. So you're just chilling. And the elusive man is this mysterious old guy that's given you these orders and you don't really know what his deal is. Um, this isn't the first time. Uh, I'm not really going to get into it, but this isn't the first time we've heard of Cerberus. We actually, there is references to them in the first game. Um, but it's really just like a side quest thing that they, I guess, wrote as the decided this is going to be the main plot of Mass Effect 2. So they did that. Cool idea. Um, so loyalty missions were introduced because you got a roster of like, I don't uh. know, like 13 people or something in this one. A giant team. And you get to spend like the first third of the game recruiting them all in their varying situations. At even more misfits than the first game provided with. Uh, these are just like these characters are just really good. So they all have like their own missions you can complete after you recruit them yeah if you do them they're like little side stories for each character and they gain a uh once you complete them and you complete them to the outcome desired by that character um because you can fail them if you fuck up um but if you succeed you gain their loyalty which gives them an extra outfit to wear in combat and i think it gives them like some extra combat abilities too to make them more effective um so yeah you typically one would do the loyalty missions of all 13 characters and they're really good um so how did we how did we do did we fail did we succeed first of all the loyalty missions are like my favorite part of the entire trilogy probably because i think they were just so fun and you got to learn so much about each of your pals Mm-hmm. Um, oh, aside from the Citadel DLC, but we'll oh get yeah, there. <laughs> I think a lot of people would probably agree. Um, yeah, because they really put um, because they're meant to be part of like the whole game, like the the main story. Like it's got the same quality. Because I feel like in games nowadays, you might get like a half-assed loyalty mission type thing that's not quite as polished or entertaining or as interesting as what the main story is doing. But the, this game really just like that is part of the story. I think most yeah. people that play it wouldn't skip those because none of them were particularly annoying or, you know, unpleasant. Right. They're all good. <laughs> um, so I got all of the loyalty except for Miranda because of her fight with Jack and I took Jack's side. Yes, because those two don't like each other. Because <laughs> Jack was one of my rider dies. Oh yeah. Um, and I fully support her. Um, and I also didn't get Zaid. I think he is so unnecessary, and he wanted me to kill a bunch of people for revenge, and it pissed me off. That's so I was true. Like no. <laughs> yeah, and and then similar to you, I actually I did not obtain loyalty for Miranda either because I wasn't able to take her side in that discussion and Zaid 
Um, I, I think I got loyalty for Zaid um, when I first played it. Oh. And that is supposed to affect... Um, that's supposed to affect like who lives and dies at the end is the loyalty as well. And depending on the task you assign them. So Zaid died for me, even though I got his loyalty <laughs> and Miranda, um, sadly no, but, uh, those were actually my two casualties at the end of the game, because if you assign them to incorrect, like tasks in the final level, they have a chance of dying if they either don't have your loyalty or if they're just not up to the task or not suitable. Um, Ooh. yeah. So I got them all to survive, but I think that was with Gabe's help. <laughs> yeah. I could, cause you were like really not wanting them to die. So I just kind of yeah. like tried, I just kept giving you easier and easier hints <laughs> without outright yeah. saying who you should pick. <laughs> Um, I didn't want to miss out on anything in Mass Effect 3. It's true. because I, I, I wouldn't have minded if Saeed died. <laughs> right. So I actually, Miranda and Zaid got killed, as I said. And in the end, it doesn't really end up being that consequential on the third game. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> and I mean, like, I guess I can understand some of the love for Miranda, but I like, honestly, most people are just like commenting about that booty. She do got that booty. She do. And the game likes to focus on it a lot. But apparently yeah. in the remaster, they're going to fix that. Um, but most will agree Mass Effect 2 is the best in the franchise. Do we agree? Oh, fully. 100%. I remember Mass Effect 2 the most, even though I played Mass Effect 3 more recently, obviously. But I yeah, that is the best game I've ever played. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people would would just cite those exact same reasons because like I think it's very memorable like not to shade like Mass Effect 3 has got some scenic views I will say those need to be recognized but Mass Effect 2 has some certain like the just the atmosphere and the way that it combines with like the different planets and cities you visit it just has like this whole like the it just feels like a really concise stylistic choice that that game made the whole way through to be kind of darker yeah. than the first one and it just gives it this really unique vibe and it's got a wonderful variety of places to go and mm -hmm. things to do and i think if we don't count the dlc or the side quest um fiddling around that was like the citadel bullshit that you had to do i think mass effect 3 would not even touch the length of how like how much stuff is in mass effect 2 content wise um because it's there's just so much before like it's a 30 hour game in mass effect 2 without dlc um but mass effect 3 only becomes that long when you get like all of the dlc episodes installed right so I don't know, just a much more content-rich experience. Yeah, I agree. Um, so Mass Effect 3. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, oh, you got some things? Skipped over an important point. Oh, what was it? Who did you romance? Oh, my God, we can't forget. No. I In Mass Effect 2, because you can't romance Liara because she's busy. Um, <laughs> I romance Kelly Chambers. <laughs> 
the, I think this is so funny. Yeoman Chambers. <laughs> she's like your. She's just the girl who, when you walk by, she's like Shepherd. You have a new message at your private terminal. <laughs> That's all she does. And she, but she's also like in touch with your crew, and she's a people person, as she she's will have you like remember. A Google Home. She's an yeah. Amazon Alexa. <laughs> But she feeds your fish when you romance her, and then you don't have to worry about them dying in between missions. I just think that is, like, the the most boring option, and it's so funny that she's a romance option. You know what you don't have to feed, though? Your space hamster. <gasps> space hamster! You can get a hamster that is in a glass cage in your captain's quarters in your ship. That brought me... That brought me so much joy every time. So between missions, you have to feed your fish. You have a giant, beautiful fish tank. Unless you romance Kelly Chambers, I guess. She feeds them for you. But every time I'd go down to feed my fish, you click on your little space hamster, and all he does is he peeks his head out of his little house and goes, meep, and then runs back in. And it brought me so much joy every time. Oh, so brilliant. And it came back in Mass Effect 3. You just had to go on a scavenger hunt for it, which was really funny and cute. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So I romanced Thane Krios, who I am obsessed with. Um, So the whole time I was like, I'm going to romance Garrus. I love Garrus. Fan favorite Garrus body pillow. Yes. I love him. And then we met Thane. And then I fell in love because he looked like a puppy dog. And he was so cute. And he called me Siha. And I just fell in love. So I romanced Thane. And I am very, very attached to that relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was... I, I had not ever seen the Thane romances until you played it. <laughs> and I thought it was a much better choice than mine. Oh, yeah, my favorite is um, every time you would talk to him, there'd be like the normal options that there are like every time that are like the same. It'll be like, tell me about yourself, whatever. How are you, etc. Um, But over on the side, there was always the option that just said, I can't love a dying man. <laughs> uh, that, that is so funny. Like if they weren't laughing at that when they made it. <laughs> Because that's so funny, because you just have this, like, withdrawal option from the romance at any time that is the yeah. same words every time. And it's just so intense. Everything else is so, like, surface level, and then it's just, I can't love a dying man. <laughs> yeah, so I would discourage from ever clicking that option. Yeah, I, I like, never did, so I don't know I don't what happened. Wanna, but... I don't even want to look it up to see what his reaction is if you decide. Oh. Like, that would just be too sad to reject him too sad he's a drell by the way which isn't one of like the like main races that we see um i don't think we see very many at all no i think we only son yeah i think that's it honestly um but they 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 are i guess cute they look like puppy dogs but also frogs yeah, I loved your description of the Salarians and the Krogans. They were both toad-like, but in different ways. Yeah, and I, these are toad-like also. <laughs> no, these aren't toads. These are frogs. Oh, wait. No, no. Thane is like the fish guy from Shape of Water. Oh, yeah. He does look exactly 
like the guy from Shape of Water. Like, but almost less, like more attractive than the Shape of Water one. Yeah. If you ask me, <laughs> by by a significant margin. Yeah. But like, same vibe, but he speaks English. Um, so we we got to move on to Mass Effect 3 because there's some stuff to, we really got to talk about there. James yeah. Vega shows up and he's oh. just a random new character named James Vega that apparently Shepard became friends with in between the events of Mass Effect 2 and 3. Well, there was there was uproar because he seemed like they were introducing a Jersey Shore character to the cast. Yeah. And he's voiced by Freddie Prince Jr. Which yeah, that's, we love. That's funny. That was funny. I honestly wasn't a huge fan of his addition, but like in your playthrough, I kind of got an appreciation. But by the end of the game, I just feel like he fizzles out and he's just there and like like there's no because you got the loyalty missions in Mass Effect 2 to sort of build a backstory. He got nothing like that. He's just there. And the game doesn't even put a like a codex entry like or a bio, a biography for you to read in the game journal. So you have no idea who he is unless you like read the comic that's between the games. Yeah. And I also just found out that Caden is Canadian. Oh, I knew that. Yeah. Yeah, he, Very interesting. He's Canadian. And Mass Effect 3 actually opens in Vancouver. That's the city that the Human Council is located in. Um, but it gets blown up by Reapers real quick. Because uh, they are now real. And they are on Earth. The premise of Mass Effect 3, aliens invaded Earth. And everyone dying. Like, everybody. Even on other planets. Other aliens dying. Yeah, that was pretty sad. Um, a really sad, shocking opening. Shepard is now, this is a quick thing I want to point it out. We kind of get a different take on Shepard where they kind of innovate the writing a little bit. I find that Shepard becomes more of a character with her own feelings and thoughts. Um, I guess some people might take that as a negative because they feel like the role-playing element of like the dialogue trees were kind of stripped back. And I can see that. I can totally see that. But now in hindsight, after really seeing that playthrough again, I was like, you know what? I can see what they were doing. Shepard became more of a character with more of her own personal needs and emotions that were kind of just non-existent before. So we kind of see that in this little kid character that she encounters at the beginning of the game, who's just, I guess, a representation of like innocence as a child in a war zone usually is. And, um, she really is traumatized by seeing this kid get like escape in a vehicle, but almost escape. And then the vehicle blows up and the kid be dead. And she watched the whole thing. And she's now leaving earth to go into space and find some friends to help her out with the situation. So she feels like she's leaving earth behind to die. And that's really sad. Um, And that's a really wonderful opening. Like if there's, 10 out of 10 elements of either Mass Effect 2 or 3, it's the intro. Yeah, that was really devastating. And I think I remember when I was first playing, I was like, if anything happens to that kid, I am going to sob. And then he dies, and it was really, really sad. Oh, Um, yeah. But there are also those really annoying and unnecessary dream sequences where 
Shepard is just chasing this boy through this like foggy forest and I always got so confused and I'd get lost and they'd take me like 10 minutes even though I think it was only supposed to be like 15 seconds. I feel, I feel like that was the you problem because I had... But those were so frustrating I and very them. unnecessary. I thought... Oh, I it, hated them. It was a little twist even if it was only for 30 seconds. Oh, I just thought they were... No. <laughs> but probably a me problem. Um, and then we got our fave Salarian Morden passing away in the tower when he cures the genophage finally, spoiler alert, but good, but good news because now the Krogan can reproduce and you get to meet a female Krogan for the first time. Oh yes. Eve. I love her. Um, and you know, Thane gets killed. In Mass Effect well, he 3. doesn't get killed. Oh, he doesn't get killed. He he dies. He he legitimately yes. passes away. Yeah, from his illness, which is essentially like the same as like cancer to a human. Yeah, and you know um, that about him as soon as you meet him in Mass Effect Two. It's just really uncertain how long he's gonna live. Yeah, that's why you can't love a dying man. Yeah, um, I was really devastated. I was really really sad at that moment. I did not want him to die. I knew it was coming, but like, <sighs> oh yes, it was really sad. But, but he does the one last heroic deed, I guess, of defending the Salarian counselor from being killed. Even though we don't really have a lot of reasons to care about the Salarian ambassador that didn't listen to us for like the first two games. <laughs> yeah, the, remember the fucking council being bullshit. Oh, I hate the council. I loved, what was it Mass Effect 1 or 2 where you could just like call them and then hang up? It was the first one, yeah. And well, I mean, I guess if you, you can choose, one thing I skipped over is like you can choose to kill the council in Mass Effect 1 because there's an p- opportunity where you have to save them or you can just choose to prioritize somebody else and they die. Yeah. And then in Mass Effect 2, they get replaced by a different council. Um, of the same races, but they're just different people now. Um, and I believe you'd have you'd have a different Salarian counselor in Mass Effect Three, I believe, um, which would make it less, you know, what's the word? You care less about it because less impactful. Not, yeah, because he that Salarian counselor is not the one that you hang, hung up on for being rude. <laughs> yeah and we also got some beautiful moments between thane and his son oh yeah oh the just that speech that scene of his oh. final words oh my god and right before he died when he was praying and he was praying for shepherd instead of himself and you only find out after the prayer is over oh my god i want to cry <laughs> oh that's yeah that's a brutal, brutal oh moment. Oh my god, I'll await you after the sea. Is that what it was? Across the sea, yeah. Across, I'll await you across the sea. Uh, oh. So how did your Geth and Quarian conflict end? On Rannoch, that would have been after you blew up the big ol' Reaper on that cliffside that you died to a trillion times. And then... Um, Tally is there and Legion is there and typically Legion dies here. In fact, I th- he does, I think, no matter what. Oh, um, I had enough 
points to prevent Tally from dying, right? Yeah, because... I kind of forget this. I don't know why. That's an unexpected turn that that can take, because basically the Geth mm-hmm. were a bunch of machines that the Quarian created as a sort of AI android things to help them and they accidentally rebelled and got really angry and you have the opportunity to reprogram these geth to serve you and aid against the reapers but tally would prefer that doesn't happen so your your other alternative is to just destroy the geth completely but i there is a way to have it both ways which is what whitney did yeah, thank God. <laughs> so I, I didn't have enough Paragon or Renegade points to make this dialogue choice. But I so I had to say, you know what, Tally, I think I really need these Geth. I'm sorry about this planet and how you're feeling right now, but I really need these robots to help me. So she just was like, I can't bear to live with this news. And then she walks backward off of the cliff you're standing on while you're not looking. I'm really glad that didn't happen in my game because it would have been really sad. It was devastating. Like they really, that scene is almost more emotional than the happy choice. (laughs) I mean, it is. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Enough of my friends had died. Yeah. I really liked my first playthrough Mass Effect 3 where like everybody died because Ashley also got killed on that scene where like it was Udina on the like catwalk oh yeah remember when yes. he betrayed you and yeah. like ashley didn't know who to believe for some reason i messed that scene up i don't remember exactly what you have to do to make it happen but i think you can choose to shoot ashley when she's like holding i forget what it is but like she basically attacks oh, right. you or something yeah doesn't she like take you udina's side yeah like she i think she stands in the way and like you end up just literally shooting her if if you want yeah (laughs) and that's what happened i kind of thought that was juicy that is juicy because like i want ashley to die (laughs) because we weren't on great terms to begin with well i mean that was maybe just me not necessarily the shepherd character i was playing but in my from my player's perspective i was like this makes sense that's Mm kind of cool (laughs) um so that was a fun little thing they did there. She, I wonder what they'll do about that choice when they make Mass Effect 4. Um, so who do we romance Mass Effect 3? So I continued to romance Thane as long as I could. Oh, yes. Until he, he died. And then we get the Citadel DLC. And you get a special scene with whoever you're romancing. And I really wanted the special Thane scene. So I like held out to get that Thane scene for the Citadel DLC, which was well worth it. It was very emotional. And then I romanced Samantha Trainer, who is perfect. She's the one who, I mean, you could say she's just a... A Google Home as well, but she's not. She is. She, there is more. A lot there's more. more to her. Yeah, a lot more to her than there was to Kelly Chambers. Um, but yeah, she replaces Kelly Chambers, and she is the best. Just the best character. We love her. And yeah, I had to do a lot of research to find out 
how you could get the special Thane scene in the Citadel DLC while also romancing Samantha Trainer. Still I did not my cake and eat it too. <laughs> st- still not sure if that was even necessary because I think it might have worked out anyway. But I would I wanted to make sure you know your Thane romance paid off. <laughs> yeah, I needed that. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, finally the main point of contention. Wait, who did you romance? Oh, I didn't say. No. Liara. Oh. You get a really cool scene with Liara right before the final ending of the game where like when you're saying goodbye to everybody basically um, and you talk to them one by one, Liara has a really special scene that I don't think she gave you because you weren't friends. You were exes. I really like her. Awkward exes for Mass Effect 1. But for me, she was my life partner in this game. Um, Except I had the side fling with Kelly Chambers, but she doesn't know about that, so it's fine. (laughs) Um, So in Mass Effect 3, um, so she'll have the scene, and she's like, Shepard, I need to show you something. Um, And you know how the Asari can do that thing where they can, they like hug you and then their eyes turn black and then they like transport you into hallucinations? Yeah. Like yeah, like Morinth can do that, but she kills you. Um but basically Liara does that and then it's like look at the, she's let's you and Shepard in like a black abyss and you're just looking off into a horizon that's just a big white line. And then you're just like she's like Shepard, isn't it beautiful? And then she's like and then Shepard's like yeah, and then they're like we should stay here forever. And you don't really know what it is and the game doesn't show you what they're looking at. And that's like a moment that just they share together and you watch that as the final goodbye. And I'm just I love to think about that. That's cute. I just I really I don't know why, but I just did not vibe with Liara. I don't know. I just thought she had a lot of cool things to say. And she had a she eventually kind of got a sense of humor. She was. Mm hmm. Oddly, it's like she was hilariously uptight in Mass Effect 1. I don't even know if I would can even call her that, but she she felt awkward yeah. and out of place and didn't have a lot of... She was not socially experienced, so she was awkward. Um, and then she kind of broke out of it, became a badass in Mass Effect 2. And in Mass Effect 3, she is a badass and she's on your team for the whole game. So yeah. to me, that was like perfection. I think... Like, my thing was, um, because I romanced her in Mass Effect 1, but she wasn't, like, a playable character and she wasn't really around much in Mass Effect 2, um, she, like, still thought we were together. And in Mass Effect 3, there was so many annoying scenes of, like, will they, won't they? But my shepherd had already long moved on. (laughs) I know. And I was like, please leave me alone. (laughs) That was so funny. The game gave you so many chances to apologize to Liara. Yeah, it was like really shoving Liara in my face. And then there were like so many moments like, oh, they're exes. And I'm like, please stop. It's been six years. (laughs) (laughs) So for the sake of time, we really got to get into the ending now. Um, Yeah. The ending in the depression that it caused. Um, In Mass Effect 3, you are ultimately given the choice of how you're going to deal with these fucking Reapers that you've been trying to stop from destroying all life in the galaxy. So that fucking kid from the beginning of the game that traumatized Shepard. And listen, I'm not defending this because I think it's stupid, but 
that kid is actually an ancient alien robot AI thing that is telling you how to kill the Reapers. And I'm like, did Shepard manifest this? Is she indoctrinated by the Reapers? But no, Bioware eventually confirmed none of those theories were correct. But I like to pretend I didn't hear that. (laughs) Um, Because those theories are way better than what this ending actually was. And that's how I feel. Yeah, I agree. So you can choose to control the Reapers, uh, which will, you know, they'll still be around. But you can make those massive, powerful machines bend to your will. Or you can synthesize yourself, um, which involves suicidally jumping into a laser beam and all organisms like organic life and machines become one. I don't I don't get it, but that's what they say. <laughs> um, and then the contro- uh, destroy ending is you destroy the Reapers. But at the same time, when you destroy the Reapers, for some reason, it also destroys all technology ever. So all space travel and shit is done in the galaxy. And that affects all oh, everyone yeah. ever, which is like a big responsibility. So, like, do you want to feel guilty about that or do you want to go control? Or do you want to synthesis? So you're 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 screwed in all yeah. three options. You die no matter what, or don't you? Because there's a post credit scene where you don't know. But anyway, like the ending is so brief, and the the kid gives you these options, and you pick one, and then it puts you on a ride, and then you see a bunch of explosions, and then. You see Joker in the Normandy and he crashes on a jungle planet with some friends and then the credits roll and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> to put it plainly. Um, so glad they're making a four. I hope it's good. Yeah. And, and Whitney made the choice of not doing the extended cut DLC. So she got to experience the launch ending that this game had, which is I feel like in ways it's better because you at least get the imagination to think about the better fan theories than what actually happened because basically the extended cut explains everything I just explained to you that you probably could have interpreted yourself while playing the game. Yeah. But it like legitimately narrates it. Admiral Hackett comes back and he's the voiceover and he narrates the whole ending like this is what happened after everything. Shepard's good or well, no, Shepard's dead and all her friends are happy being half machines, half human. You know, look at them. They're green. (laughs) That's what happens in the synthesis ending. I shit you not. Oh, my God. (laughs) So um, you pick what i picked control because that seemed like the most reasonable option but remember the the when the ending was showing you those options to pick from it showed the elusive man choosing control because that's what he wanted to do ever since you started helping him in mass effect 2 yeah did you feel weird about betraying your own beliefs to then ultimately do what he wanted to I did, but honestly, I thought every single option was stupid. Yeah, like, because I was really hoping, I was like, what's, like, they're all sad. Something gets really effed up, no matter which one I pick. (laughs) Yeah, I can't destroy all technology. That's insane. 
Yeah. That's not going to happen. And, I can't do that. <laughs> but the guilt trip the game does is it shows you who would do it. And it showed Captain Anderson stepping into or shooting the the red cylinder for the destroy ending. So it means like Captain Anderson would have wanted you to make this decision. And that's even more sad. Yeah. Because you picked the elusive man over Captain Anderson. <laughs> no, I didn't think of it that way. I know. But it it that the game wanted you to feel that way. What I don't did you pick. Um, I picked Destroy. Um, that one is Shepard shoots the red cylinder and then it explodes in her face. And it's really tragic because <laughs> oh. you got to watch her disintegrate and turn into black soot. And I got to watch her die in an explosion. <laughs> <laughs> and then or you could see her get um, evaporated by the laser beam if you pick synthesis, whatever you're feeling. Um, oh, I think she actually turns into a big white explosion. She turns into light. <laughs> um, in that one. Um, honestly, in hindsight, I think synthesis is the best option because man and machine become one, which is not really explained in detail, but sounds cool. Yeah. Um, I think there might have been some other cons about that choice, but I think after thinking about it, I was like, that one seems the coolest. Yeah, why not? <laughs> if it's going to like, it seems like a bad idea, but this thing allows me to make everything half machine. It must work somehow, right? <laughs> right. That'll, that'll, everyone just don't fuck up the 4G towers or everyone will die. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but so, yeah, then you're depressed for a varying amount of time. It takes yeah. usually, I would estimate, 6 to 12 hours after completing the game before you actually process the ending and what you were just put through. But uh, then it's another 4 to 7 business days of thinking back oh that was actually i played 70 hours for that shit yeah it was a pretty devastating ending yeah and not in a good way <laughs> well mass effect 4 was just announced in a weird way like a month ago two months ago and if we had released this podcast episode before then like we wouldn't even have any hope that this could continue i don't know how i feel about them doing a continuation because in the trailer they showed liara if supposedly finding shepherd's armor on a planet and i'm just like i don't know how this is going to work because like there's three vastly different endings are you going to pick one to be canon or what yeah, because I think so I'm a little nervous. Yeah, when they effed up Mass Effect Andromeda, which we don't really need to talk about uh, it when they effed that up, like I think they accepted the only way we can continue this series is if we bring back the characters the fans love. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't think you really have to limit yourself that closely, but I'll give them a chance. Like none of the original yeah. team still works there. So, oh no, that's yeah. Concerning. So that's what we're working with. Dragon Age four, well, three, four. Yeah, Dragon Age four is going to come out before then. So we'll we'll get a hint of what it'll be like. Anyway, um, so do you have any final thoughts? I think we really thoroughly covered it. We did. This has uh, been a long discussion. I apologize, Rachel, I but this. 
it has happened. I hope you're not too bored. <laughs> she might be asleep. The webcam's not on for this episode, so we can't see each other, which I think I'm realizing might be a bad idea now. But yeah, Rachel gone. Um. <laughs> yeah, let's do We can do the character quiz. B- both Ooh, of us. Yeah, yeah, we will. But final thoughts. I have to say that Gabe got me the best Christmas gift this year. He got me a personalized, autographed print of Thane by Keith Farley, who voices him, that says, I'll wait you across the sea, see ha? And it made me sob. And it's incredible. It's the best gift ever. I was very, very happy. Yeah, they were doing a so voice you, actor <laughs> reunion live stream, and they were also doing live signings. And I watched that, and I didn't know that was a thing, so I had no idea, but it was amazing. Keith Farley did not do a live signing for his, so, because if it it was, like, a different person, they were doing, like, Instagram Live of them doing his signings, and I was like, I don't, I don't want to have to also gift Whitney a screen-captured video of Instagram Live, (laughs) (laughs) because Um, I wouldn't want to miss the live reaction, right? Right. Oh, I had one more question. Oh, yeah. Who were your rider dies for two and three? Oh, um, I I tried like whenever I play like any RPG like with a party, I really try not to pick too close favorites. Like I like to alternate them at least a bit so everybody gets a little chance. But um, I would say primarily Mass Effect two. I was bringing along. I f- definitely feel like it was a, a Garrus and Jack situation. Yeah, good choice. Mass Effect Three. Um, I'm pretty sure it was in a. Uh, it was a Liara and Tally situation. Oh, interesting. I don't think I knew that. Those so, are like the characters you never played. It, like you never had. I know. Party. I know. I do really like Tally, but. My see, I'm the opposite. When I play a game, I pick my favorites and I stick to those favorites. Um, but for Mass Effect Two, my rider dies started off as Garrus and Jack as well until we met Thane, and then I fell in love with Thane, and it was Thane and Jack, and I feel like that worked out really well because their personalities were like complete opposites, and mm-hmm. it was really fun to hear their dialogue. And then for Mass Effect Three, I was James and Edie, and I also really loved their dialogue. Oh yeah. Um, one other thing I was actually going to save to tell you in this podcast, because I want to see Ooh. your fresh reaction. Like, like I held it out. I held out on you for so long with this fun fact. Oh my gosh. So when you're male shepherd <laughs> and you romance Tally. Um, I thought you couldn't romance Tally. You, you can in Mass Effect 3 only. But she, oh, but she has a lover. Oh, Garrus? Doesn't she have, like, a lover? No, I think, like, she gets with Garrus if you don't romance either of them. But didn't she have someone who died that she was, like, devastated over? Oh, I think that one might have just been her friend. Or her oh, dad. okay. I think it was definitely her dad. Oh, I'm sorry. I think okay, she might have also had a friend. <laughs> um, oh, okay. But, like... So, you know how I said, like, she can die if she doesn't want to live on this planet anymore? 
literally. Yeah. Um, oh my god, I hear puddles. Oh yeah, he's on my lap, and <laughs> so. Um. Oh my god, I'm sorry. I, I'm I, I'm losing my train of thought. But but she she leaves a picture on Shepard's desk. That is a photograph of her. Guess what? Without her helmet on. So don't look it up before. Don't look it up yet. You can look it up after. The photograph is of a woman who in like a sunny day with long hair. And she has like blank eyes and face markings. You know, and you know what fans figured out? What? It is a photoshopped stock photo. What? Yeah. Like, oh my god! You, you can see side by sides of the original photo, and then what they did to it to make it look like a supposed Quarian without her helmet on. And, and it's like not a very good job. It's like they did it in an hour. No, that's devastating. Like, of all the fan art that existed over the course of like six years leading up to the release of Mass Effect 3, they photoshopped a stock photo. I feel like they could have just bought someone's fan art. Yeah, like, I don't know what it is with like game development not ever actually listening to players who are creative. <laughs> Yeah, that's really, really sad. Because they also did that with the, with the, you know, all the cool ending theories, like the shepherd being indoctrinated the whole time type shit. Because that makes sense to me. But they're like, no, yeah. that's not what we wanted. No. I mean, listen to the people who are fans of the game. I know. Yeah. That's and like, they want. sometimes I would say like you, you will, if you make a game that is played by millions of people, you are going to have people like you are going to have fans who are talented people who may even be more talented than the people that worked on it. And I think that goes with any art. Yeah, so, absolutely. Got to remember that feedback is important. <laughs> yeah. Cause if people aren't playing the game, then you can't make it. It's the people who play it who matter. Yeah. And EA is like, don't listen. <laughs> EA is like, do the opposite. Well, <laughs> You know, somehow Bioware hasn't been closed yet by EA and their pattern of closing game studios down after they acquire them. Um, they're giving them two more chances, I think, with these two. Like, they should not fail. Highly anticipated releases of Dragon Age 3 and a Mass Effect 4. Um, we were pretty much not. I don't think we were going to get them like at, at one point, but I think it's pretty much like this is your last chance. Don't fuck it up after Mass Effect Andromeda and then the multiplayer flop that was Anthem that Bioware as a studio really shouldn't have been developing, but EA made them. (laughs) (laughs) They made them make it what it ended up being. But there was also Bioware problems, but that's... There's a lot of YouTube videos about that. It's fun. Um, So we can go ahead with the quiz. Okay, so for the last segment where I normally ask Rachel and Gabe a question, instead I found a quiz on HowStuffWorks.com that is, uh, which Mass Effect character are you? And I thought this would be fun. Why is it on HowStuffWorks.com? That's what I found. Oh, that's not how it's made. 
I was no. I thought it was like the show. Oh no. <laughs> That'd be funny though. Anyway, um, yeah. Okay, so I will be doing it as well. I haven't done it yet, so I have two different tabs open. So, Gabe, first question. <clears throat> mm-hmm. We we've got a fight on the way. How do you prepare? One, I'd rather avoid this, but if we have to, we have to. Two, I'll get someone else to handle that. Three, lock and load. Woo. Four, wait, why am I fighting someone? Mm, the last one. Okay. I think I'm... I'm going to go with I'll get someone else to handle that. <laughs> yeah, that was my second choice. Um, okay, the universe is dark and full of terrors. Which creature creeps you out the most? Husk, Thorian... Varen or shifty looking cow? Um, I'm going to say the husk by far. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, oh my god, the stock photos that they're using are so funny. They're not even Mass Effect photos. Like, this is a bunch of construction workers. <laughs> um, do you do your best work alone or with others in a group? One, you always need support. Two, I can go either way. Three, as long as I'm in charge, it doesn't matter. Or four, yeah, I do my best work with someone else taking the lead. As long as I'm the one in charge, it doesn't matter. Um, I'm going to say I can go either way. Um, how much time do you spend customizing Shepard in a game? One, that's the best part. Two, probably more than I should. Three, meh, I'll just go with whatever's fast. Or four, it can be fun to play around with. More than I should. I'm going to go with that's the best part. Because <laughs> I always look forward to it. I probably um, spent more time than you did, honestly, but like I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, what kind of fighter are you for the most part? One, I'm a bit of a bruiser. Two, I'm like a ninja. Three, I fight with intelligence. Or four, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Yeah, same. Um, ooh, did you like how Mass Effect 3 ended? One, sure. Two, I just don't like any game endings. Three, hated it. Four, I don't think I even played part three. Are those the only choices? Yeah. I, there's no yes. There's a sure. Which is exactly how I feel. <laughs> Wait, what? Sorry? A sarcastic sure is exactly oh, yeah. how I feel about that ending. So I think you okay. got to pick that one. I'm going to go with hated it. I wouldn't say I hated it, but I really disliked it. And I'm not going to go with I don't like any game endings. That's psychotic. <laughs> oh, do you like Jack in Mass Effect 2? One, a little too ragey for my tastes. Two, Jack needed to chill, but was a good player character to play. Three, she's fun. Or four, I can't really remember Jack. There's no, like, absolutely I did. <laughs> yeah, this person sounds like they got their own biases, but I gotta say she was fun. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say the same, because that's the most positive one. Oh no, we're gonna get the same characters, and this is gonna be so boring. Oh, I hope not. Are you a sniper? One, when I need to be. Two, nah, not exciting enough. Three, 110%. Or four, not really. When I need to be. I'm going to go with not really. 
like if I get a gun with a scope on it in a game, I'm like, I'm always like, oh my God, this is so amazing. <laughs> um, Mass Effect relies on choices. How do you handle someone choosing to betray you? One, I try to get them to see the mistake they made. Two, I might have to cuss that person out. Three, I guess I'd have to eliminate that person. <laughs> or four, well, that sucks. I guess I'd have to eliminate that person. Oh my God. I'm going to go with, I'd try to get them to see the mistake they made. Do the ends justify the means? One, they can't. Two, well, what ends and what means? Three, obviously. And four, I have no idea. (laughs) What ends and what means? Mm, Like, my answer is no. But, like, the only thing here is they can't. Which is a weird way of putting it, but I guess. Um, Sometimes it's just more fun to use a melee weapon. Pick one. Um, One Omniblade, two Ket Vakarsh, three Krogan Hammer, four Cryo Gauntlet. Cryo Gauntlet. I think it's got to be the Omniblade because that one super satisfying. Is the, I don't remember what any of these are. Is the cryo gauntlet the one you had? Because you had like a like your omni tool turned into like a big circle and it like exploded. But I don't think it was like cryo freezing. Well, I'm gonna say that one. <laughs> yeah, let's pretend. I don't know what else that is right now. Um, what's your absolute favorite type of game? First person shooter, MMORPG. Battle arena or strategy? Oh, that's like I can only say MMORPG because of how much Final Fantasy 14 I play, but I would really don't agree with that being my favorite type of game. But is it the one you like the most out of these four? Like, I guess. <laughs> What's my favorite type? Are you asking me to answer? Yeah. Oh, what would a, strategy be? Wait a minute. Yeah, because now that I think about it, I think you should pick strategy if you if you really liked Civilization. Oh, I did. Okay, I'll go with strategy. I don't think any of those are really my favorite, though. Um. Oh my god, this is long. <laughs> um. Okay. Do you need to be the winner all the time or can someone else be in the spotlight? One, if I'm the winner, then that's great. If not, that's okay too. Two, I mean, I do like glory now and then. Three, I am the only winner. Four, oh no, other people can take the glory. I do like glory now and then. I'm going to go with other people could take the glory. Are you willing to sacrifice your own health and well-being to accomplish your goals? One, if that's what it takes. Two, that's like the last resort. Three, heck no. Four, I mean, I'd rather not. The last one. I'm gonna go heck no. Um, How serious are you? One, as serious as anyone. Two, I guess sometimes when I need to be. Three, deadly. Four, Ugh, too many people are serious. (laughs) (laughs) What was the second one? 
I guess sometimes when I need to be. Oh, no. The first one? As serious as anyone? Yeah. I'm going to go too many people are serious. I feel like I'm not serious very often. What would you say is the best gaming platform overall? Xbox, PlayStation, PC, or Nintendo? Uh, I don't I, I don't want to be that guy on on a podcast, but PC. I don't really have like an opinion. But I'm going to say <laughs> Yeah, at this point it doesn't matter. Like they're they're fine. <laughs> Yeah, I, I only have an Xbox, but I think PlayStation, just because like all of the games I've played have been on PlayStation. As time goes um, on, it's like the console wars get less relevant because they yeah, become it's more true. the same, which is good, I think. Um, who does Shepard belong with anyway? Liara, Ashley, Shaira, Kaden. Who the hell is Shaira? Oh, why? That's a that's a meme choice. That's the Asari consort from Mass Effect One. That like she is booked up with clients all year, and they just come and hang out with her and possibly have sex. Oh, right. I'm gonna pick her because I got my shepherd to romance her. Um, like none of them. Yeah, because you're I- fame. Like it has to be Thane, but I guess you have to make another choice. I'm going to go Caden, just because he died. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I, I think. And he's bisexual. Honestly, ah! when I play my Legendary Edition playthrough, I think I might have to pick Caden <laughs> as my romance. Because yeah. I just, it's a random one I haven't done yet. Yes. And it's through all three, so that could be interesting. Um, okay. Do you like games that include the ability for you to have a romantic relationship? Yeah, it's kind of cool. Anything that makes the story cooler is fine. Not at all, or I don't care. Um, whatever. What's the most enthusiastic one that was there? Because I feel like it's the best part. Yeah, it's kind of cool is the most enthusiastic one. Okay, I guess it was kind of cool, even though it's like 25% of my emotional drive. The picture for that is like a really weird screenshot of male Shepard and Miranda. (laughs) Okay. Um, Oh, I picked the same one, obviously. I love romance. Um, Have you ever seen a Mass Effect fan film? One or two. I love those things. Nope. And I didn't even know people had made fan films. I'm the last one. Yeah, same. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, like what kind of fan films are we talking about here? Well, I'm going to look them up. (laughs) Just fan fictions. And I have certainly not seeked them out, but I have read some. And some interesting ones. Yeah, after I finished, I did seek some out just because I was curious. (laughs) Did you find any that were really graphic about Garrus? No, I think I just looked up female shepherd Joker and female shepherd Thane. <laughs> I I once, I don't remember, somebody sent it to me. 
Like, I swear oh. I didn't f- seek this out myself, but it was either somewhere on the internet for me to find or it was like sent to me by somebody. And it was like literally the most graphic sex scene with Garrus and it described everything. Oh my God. Anatomically. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Are you more offensive or defensive in a fight? You need a balance. All offense, all the time. I like to keep myself safe or defense, defense. Oh, gotta be equal or whatever that one was. You need a balance? Yeah. I like to keep myself safe. Um, <clears throat> what's the best Mass Effect game? Mass Effect 2, Mass Effect 1, Andromeda, or Mass Effect 3? I was hoping it was not even going to put Mass Effect Andromeda or 3 on there because that would have been funny. <laughs> um, I'm going to prank you and select Andromeda. That could be a twist. I just I just kidding. I guess you're going to have to put 2 for me. Yeah, me too. Um if you want Oh, if you want someone at your back who knows their way around biotics, who do you choose? Samara Morinth, Jack, or Cora? Samara. Jack, of course. What's the best biotic ability? Warp, Nova, Annihilation, or Barrier? I don't remember what Nova or Annihilation do, but Barrier is like so OP in Mass Effect 2, if I recall correctly. Um, I don't know what characters can do it, and I don't think, I think you might have been able to do it as a vanguard, but basically just gave you badass shields, like, all the time, like, on top of your shields. What did warp do? Warp, I think just, that, I think that was the one that would just make an enemy, like, float for a second, not like, not like the big singularity one that Liara uses, but I think it just makes them, like, freak out and die <laughs> oh it's like womp sounds like that are you going with barrier yeah for sure well i don't know what the other ones do either but i'm gonna go with annihilation just because it sounds the best and i don't really like the shield ones that much um are you the kind of person who pre-orders a game or do you wait to see what the reviews say pre-order all the way it depends on the game I'll wait it out, or I'll wait to see what my friends say. It depends on the game. I'm going to go with, I'll wait to see what my friends say, which just means I'll wait to see if Gabe tells me to play it or not. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Do you have a quick temper? Who, me? I can go off sometimes. I'm always very chill, or not usually. I can go off sometimes. Um, I think I have to go with the same one. No, I'm going to go with not usually. Just sometimes. <laughs> Let's say Mass Effect glitches on you. What franchise would you play instead? <laughs> <laughs> um, Halo, Call of Duty, GTA, or Mario? Um, Weird choices. Well, I guess if it's like, if I'm immediately jumping over to this other franchise, like from Mass Effect, I feel like this closest thing is halo but i don't know do i want to go play mario for something completely different maybe 
What's your answer? I don't know. Probably let's just say Halo because I own it technically. Okay. I think I do too. Oh, you do? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm going to go Mario. If you want a mercenary, you need a mercenary organization. Pick one. Blue Suns, Blood Pack, Eclipse, or Tiburon Ro- Ro- Rojo? Rojo? I don't know what that one is. Me neither. Wait, I'm wondering if there's some Mass Effect Andromeda stuff in this questionnaire. Because oh, maybe. Maybe that's the things we're, we don't know. <laughs> um <laughs> If it gives me an Andromeda character, I swear to God. Oh my God, same. Like it might. Um, oh yeah, because you said like Korra was there. Isn't that an Andromeda character? Shit. Oh, I don't know, but now I'm worried. I think it is. It didn't even cross my mind. Um, okay, let's just pray. I don't know, Eclipse, because they seem the most diverse, I think. The other ones are very angry. Yeah. Some gamers are more hardcore than others. How much time do you spend gaming? More than I should. Not a ton. It's nonstop a few hours a day. Like far more than I should. I'm going to go not a ton. What's more important, the gameplay or the story? You need both gameplay. I need a good story. I guess it depends on the game. Um, yeah, honestly, for me, I think I might have to come down to it's I will go for the story because I can get myself through an absolute trudge of a game to see the story to the end. <laughs> I'm gonna go with you need both. Are you stoked that Bioware may be working on a new Mass Effect game? Heck yeah, I hadn't heard that before. I don't know about that after Andromeda or wait what? I don't know about that after Andromeda. <laughs> I'm gonna go heck yeah. <gasps> oh we got our Oh my god, we got our answers! Oh, are you ready? Yes, finally. That was a long quiz. It was. I'm sorry. Okay, so your answer is Commander Shepard. Of all people, I'm Commander Shepard. Wow. Yeah. I said it at the beginning of the episode, and now it's a fact. You did. So your little blurb is, was there ever any doubt that you and Commander Shepard are cut from the same cloth? The hero of most of the story, and also male or female, depending on your choices, Shepard can even go full renegade and be a villain. Like you, Shepard is adaptable and fully open to change as circumstances dictate. Honestly, Commander Shepard like raised me between 2010 and or 2011 and 2013. So like, I believe it. There's many was, hours of Commander Shepard in my life. Oh, that was so pure. Um, ooh, I got, oh my gosh, I got one of my favorite characters. I am Joker Moro. Um, heroes come in all shapes and sizes, and Joker shows that just because you have some physical limitations, you can still get the job done. As a skilled pilot, he's an invaluable asset. He doesn't let any restrictions hold him back. Like you, Joker knows his own strengths and plays to them, but he also has a good time. Is Joker a cancer? 
Because I think um, he might be. I think he might be too. That was so cute. I loved that. I that was. A re- I think these are good answers. Yeah, I think we got like. Yeah, we got like the best results. I'm glad they're different, and I'm glad they're not from Andromeda, and I feel like they're fitting. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was fun. I'm going to, for my questions from now on, for every single episode, it's going to be like a BuzzFeed quiz. Just kidding, but. <laughs> that, that would make every episode so long. So long. Oh, my God. But this one was so fun. Um, it just, I just had so much fun talking about Mass Effect again. Imagine if we had a third person talking about Mass Effect who also played it. This would have been three hours. <laughs> Yeah, this is a long episode, but it is our 20th episode, and this is the Mass Effect special, not just a normal episode. (laughs) Um, But yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. I feel like I, I like forgot we're doing a podcast. I feel like I've just been talking to you for like two hours. Oh, well, I mean, I should, Um, yeah, I should take that as a compliment. I feel kind of crazy because it's late. Yeah, it's (laughs) 2.30 in the morning now. And if I get, go on my tangents about things like Mass Effect, time escapes me. Yeah. So I'm currently working my way through Dragon Age. So we, I hope to have an episode on that in the future. Yeah, that could be also very deep. Yeah. It's fun. I it's it's a great time as well. I love making these video game episodes. I mean, this is our first one, but I really liked it. So mm-hmm. I think we should do more. But yeah, so I am Whitney. You can find me on Twitter at Wit and Wisdoms, YouTube at Wit and Wisdom. And I'm Gabe and I'm Board Seed on Twitter. And Rachel's not here anymore, but she is MC Hot Waffle or Abrams <laughs> Records on Twitter. And our official Twitter is at Blanket Fort Book, and you can give us a follow there. Let us know any thoughts you have on Mass Effect if you made it through this whole episode. Um, you deserve a round of applause. This oh, is a yeah. Long one. <laughs> Definitely appreciate if you put this episode on, and especially would appreciate if this convinces anybody to play Mass Effect. But actually, I really hope you didn't listen to the whole episode because that's a lot of spoilers. Yeah, that's a lot of spoilers. Like, all of the spoilers. Everything. Yeah. But maybe you won't remember, so. Um. But yeah, so we are Commander Shepard and Joker, and we will talk to you next time. Yeah, this is my favorite podcast on the internet. Yes. Bye. Bye.